Welcome to the Brain Coffee Podcast, where doctors Eric Luthard and Albert Kim unlock life's little mysteries about health, wellness, entertainment, technology, and how the brain makes sense of it all. Sit back, relax, and open up your mind. That kolache was amazing. Yeah, this is a good breakfast treat. I mean, what, what, did, what does kolache mean? Where's that from, by the way? I, don't know, I think it's Polish. Uh, uh, I think uh, I could be wrong on that, but... Um... Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have like a... Polish uprising now, if that's wrong. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. Or another uprising, if that's wrong. Yeah, you're right, right. Anyway, that, yeah, that was, that it was, was yummy. Uh, I'm going to probably be spending a little bit of time working the kolache off. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a couple of thousand extra calories, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's so hard to, to maintain consistent discipline and exercising. Yeah. I mean, it's not just, I mean, everybody, right? It's how like, often are you exercising these days, would you say? Eh, I would say I do about 20 minutes cardiovascular three times a week, yeah, something like I'm that. About I'm trying to do four or five, but I absolutely agree that this good habit or perseverance is is challenging. Yeah, no, no. These Olympians, you know, the Winter Olympics are coming up. How these people must be training. What what kind of discipline and grit that must take to, to well, make it, it to it, that level of achievement, you know? Well, the, the neuroscience of grit is people always assume that, like, with grit, that people relish the pain of it. Right, you know that that people you know enjoy the agony and somehow move through the agony, but it's actually really the pleasure principle actually still governs. It's actually how much dopamine yeah, I agree. You, your brain produces to, that compels you to do these behaviors again and again. So people are able to, uh, when they exercise, produce you know things that make them feel good, that actually lead them to do it more and more. Yeah, yeah. Why do you exercise? Well, again, at the end of the day, it makes me feel good exactly, about myself, exactly. and my body, You're not like, and like it's, my health. And, exactly, and, uh, it's not the discipline of it. My brain's in a it. good place. It's an interesting part of grit, huh? You kind of, it's, it involves so much discipline and willpower, but it ends up being something you want to do. So yeah. that, what's the trick behind it's, that? How do you convert, right? you know, how do you convert that kind of, that, that pain, what is initially a painful activity into something that's pleasurable that right. you seek out? Uh -oh. So they're like, well, I guess we could break it apart, right? There's a... Yeah. Uh, there's really stressful events like, you know, disasters, war, loss of a loved one, mm -hmm. things like that, that'll stress you out and you have to get through those sorts mm -hmm. of things. And we've, I mean, we've discussed this before, that's like the cortisol system. That's right. right? That's Hypothalamus right. turns on, that signals to the pituitary gland and you release stress hormones from your kidney. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then, uh, and you know, that, that amps up, well that and the sympathetic nervous system amps up everything. I don't know, that's probably good in the immediate sense, uh -huh. but then you have to sort of get past that. You have to cope with that, right? Yeah, and I think that that, that learning is probably dopamine-driven. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I think one of the, actually, this makes me think of a quote. Let me see if I can remember it. It's by Nietzsche, actually. He says, uh, to live is to suffer. To survive suffering is to find meaning. It, it plays well with that idea is that, you know, you know, you get that stress, you get those events, you know. Um, but the thing is, the interesting thing about stress is a certain amount we like. Right, like so. For instance, yeah. we like to go on roller coasters. We like to go, you know, on, um, you know, we like to see a scary movie. The things that you know kind of give us some stress and some, you know, kind of you know, cortisol, but too much and it becomes destructive. It's something we can manage exactly. Right. So the question is how we can surmount that initial acute spike in stress and sympathetic right. drive, such that it's not destructive. Exactly, and yeah. that we can our bodies are better, so we're more resilient. Let's say That's in the right. future. That's right. I think resilience is a great, uh, a great word because how do we? Kind of encounter how do we both sometimes seek out those events and how do we better deal with them? And I guess the question is, you know, how do we, you know, better enable um, kind of our dopamine system to participate in that, that remodeling?
And because people do talk about grit and perseverance gets better with practice. Right, right. That, uh, um, and again, when we think about breaking it down, we can also think about the different, you know, kind of parts of the brain that are involved in that. You know, it's, for instance, it's, uh, again, to go through some of the, 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 the both the, the commonly held names and the more technical ones, it's medial frontal lobe, striatum. Striatum is what produces a lot of dopamine. Yep, for sure. Basal um, ganglia and striatum, yep. And then uh, our, kind of, our, kind of our, our basal frontal lobes. These are areas that are associated with emotions, um, focus, and uh, kind of pleasure and pain. So I think one of the things that we can probably control is the emotional aspect. Perhaps that's why um, when you like you know when you exercise, it's good to have a trainer because that that emotional bonding, you know, like having positive emotions when you start helps create the habits yeah. that lead to further dopamine production. Like having that positive relationship exactly. fuels the your uh, the discipline and you know just having a relationship with a person. I agree with that. Another maybe another thing you could do is like for instance visualization. Absolutely. You know, you, you apply, you see something, you see yourself doing it, and you have positive thoughts while you're doing it. Yeah. Maybe it's like you're pushing well, a button, a dopamine button, while you're looking at, that's you right. know, seeing yourself doing exercise. Well, I think the brain's really interesting in this. We've had a lot of experience with visualization with brain-computer interfaces. Because mm -hmm. one of the things that we've really come to learn is that whether you see it, you do it, or you imagine it, it looks virtually identical in the brain's physiology. So kind of visualization is really having your brain do something. I can believe that. I mean, and so the more you can visualize, the more profound it trains your brain to do stuff. So I think that visualization is kind of a pre-pre-practice, if you right, will, right. to get you in the zone. I mean, it's kind of like this, uh, I don't know if you remember that movie, Unforgiven. Oh, sure, yeah. With Clint Eastwood, yeah. you know, he, old guy, his reflexes can't be any good. But that, at the end of the movie, and I'm not advocating gun violence or anything like that, but I mean, at the end of the movie, he is able to basically uh, take care of what he needs to because his presence of mind is there. His, mm -hmm. you know, he's basically uh, visualized that whole scenario many times before, and he's right. able to basically make it happen. Whereas these young whippersnappers, they haven't. They have to think through each step. Exactly, they haven't seen it before in their minds. Yeah. Well, so. you know, I, I remember um, Malcolm Gladwell talks about this in terms of experts. So, as an example, Wayne Gretzky, you mm -hmm. know, he, he cited him as well as Charlie Wilson. Yeah. Um, these kind of master experts basically kind of chunk information. Like they can visualize and see things, you know, in, in a whole that like a non-expert has to do in little parts. And the more you can kind of consolidate information, the faster, you know, you can deal with it. So for instance, I think one of the really interesting things about hockey, for instance, is that, you know, people always talk about their reaction times. And you've got a hockey puck that's coming at you, you know, you know what, 100 miles an hour? Yeah, yeah, from just like, I don't know, 10, 20 feet away. Right, and you've got less than a tenth of a second to deal with it. Right. And are they, they are not thinking about that hockey puck at the moment that it's coming at them. It's, they see kind of the, the totality of the experience to know that there's very likely a hockey puck at this moment in time. And the more practice they get at that, that cumulative experience, the more their brain is prepared to react, even before it really is actually getting the sensory input. That a, uh, so for instance, if they actually have to see and process a hockey puck, they're going to miss it. Right. But if they see and process the scenario that a hockey puck is soon to arrive their way, they're already prepared for yeah, it. Yeah, I agree with that. There's probably some physical, physical limit uh, to your rea reaction time per se. You know, that's probably that's governed right. by, uh, I don't know, like your genes and your development and... And your myelination. I, yeah, and definitely. The insulation for the yeah, wires, yeah. yeah but right. I, I mean, I'm not sure if everyone can achieve the same absolute, re you know. That's hard to know. But I think that there's probably time, things, that, again, as we think about kind of like total information processing, right. 
that, for instance, maybe things like virtual reality, like that can allow them to experience things at, at a higher rate to learn to kind of not, probably they aren't reacting to the puck, they're predicting the puck. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And so, so that their reaction time is really a prediction right. of the puck coming towards them. So if you had things like virtual reality or systems where basically they are completely experiencing a game and reacting to it, that allows them to start to consolidate that information better, that actually may increase the reaction. Yeah, I agree. Maybe they're not distracted by other things, and so right. they have the presence of mind, again, to, um, to see and react to that puck, again, with their, the best of their own natural abilities. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. right.